Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Yvonne Blackwood, a Richmond Hill retiree who has recently published the book, a memoir of sorts, College Life of a Retired Senior. Welcome, Yvonne. Hi there, March. I am so glad that we have found the time to uh, have this conversation to do this podcast. So, uh, Yvonne, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, March. I've listened to a few of your episodes and I enjoy your easygoing style. Hello, listeners. I'm Yvonne Blackwood. I'm the author of four nonfiction books, three children's picture books. I'm a columnist. I'm a short story writer. And I am a retired banker who worked for the Royal Bank for 37 years and held positions that included bank manager, community banking advisor, and commercial credit advisor. I've lived in Richmond Hill for 18 years, but in York region for 32 years. A very impressive uh, resume introduction, uh, Yvonne. Thanks. <laughs> I first met you um, a few years back when you were attending my Connecting the Community networking groups uh, at, at the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, you yeah. were there as a banker. But you let us know that you had written children's books. And I had wondered, why is a banker writing children's books? Yvonne, well, why do you write? <laughs> well, Marge, bankers or people in any profession for that matter can become writers. And, and then the genre you choose to write in just comes to you. Hmm. There is always a reason to write a story. I write because I love to write. And when I write, I become so absorbed in it, I take off to another galaxy. <laughs> it's liberating, it's therapeutic, and it's fun. You wonder how I came to write the children's books. It's a, it's a long story, but I'll give you the short version. I published my first book, an adult nonfiction book titled Into Africa, A Personal Journey in 2000, while working full-time as a banker. Years later, I had gotten an, a promotion and I moved to a new office at University and Dundas, downtown Toronto. It was fall and I was walking along University Avenue, heading to my office when I noticed a group of squirrels in a small park near the courthouse. They were having a ball feasting on the ripe crab apples that had fallen on the ground. A thought suddenly came to me. Why not fabricate a story about a country squirrel who comes to live with relatives who lived in a small park in a big city? That is how my writing the series of the Nosy Charlie Adventures came about. Oh, I like that story. I'm, I'm going to have to find that book and read that. But you, know, you were a banker. Uh, have you ever thought you did choose the wrong career and, at all? Absolutely not. I so much enjoyed my 37-year banking career. 
I would not have had it wanted it any other way. The exposure, the knowledge gained, the people I met along the way, all good. Of course, there were ups and downs, but I overcame the downs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you, you did not want your profs to know that you were a banker. That's how I read your, your novel, your, your story. Is that correct? And why? Yes, that is correct. Look, Marge, I went to York University to earn an English degree, mainly to improve the texture of my writing. I just wanted to be a simple student. So being a banker or a published author should not be important. I just wanted to blend in with the rest of the students. Okay. (laughs) Now, your book starts sort of with your deliberation about should you going back to university that's an odd thing to be doing for someone's retiring for a banker um can you tell us about making that decision to get your english degree from york university sure i had been retired for seven years when a fellow author suggested i attend york university and pursue an english major degree because she had that degree and she said it helped her to add texture to her writing. She thought it would do the same for my writing. Of course, I had felt that my writing wasn't textured enough anyway. So that idea started my deliberation. But other reasons came to mind that made me finally decide to do it. Uh, They included, I was gonna use my studies to stimulate my brain cells to water dementia. I wanted to also provide a structure for my life during those study years, you know, going to to school regularly or two or three days a week would be structure. And of course, I wanted to inspire my two young grandsons to pursue higher education after they graduated from high school. So those were really the the reasons. Okay, those sound like very compelling reasons. You started at York in uh, 2014, and you were awarded your degree in 2021. Uh, You were wanting to take things slow, but not that slow. Uh, Can you tell us about that journey? Yes, you're so right. When I started to attend York University in 2014, initially I gave myself six years to earn the degree. I didn't want to affect going to university to affect my lifestyle too much. And I didn't want to be stressed. I also wanted it to be a 70th birthday present. See, I was 64 when I started. In the end, I graduated a year later than I had planned. But as they say, things don't always work out the way you plan. There were some incidences that added the extra time to earning the degree. The three major ones are, there was a strike at the university by QP members in 2015. That shut down the university for a month. They had a second strike and that one lasted five months. It is said to be the longest strike on any university in Canada. 
And of course, the declaration by the World Health Organization that COVID-19 was a pandemic in 2020, that also added some extra time to my time. And uh, you can tell about your health incident too, because that seemed to set you back. But I'm going to say seemed to, because you still finished and just actually one extra year, which I think is incredible. Yes. I want to, uh, yeah. I want to go back to one point uh, about your friend, Olga, who uh-huh. you cite as an, a real strong reason for nudging you back. This idea of adding texture to your writing. I don't know what adding texture means. Can you explain that? Sure. Um, Texture in one's writing is really how you place your words on a page and the substance of your words. You can tell a story by writing simple sentences, and that is fine. But when you add texture, it makes the story more literary. If you have read any of Toni Morrison's books, you'll get the idea. And if you don't mind, Marge, I can read a, a sentence that Tony wrote in her book, um, Songs of Solomon, and you'll get you'll get the idea of okay. what I'm talking about. Shall I do that? Yes, please. All right. I need to know what texture means. Okay, <laughs> good. All right. So here, here is a sentence from her book. Only the unemployed, the self-employed, and the very young were available, deliberately available, because they'd heard it about it or accidentally available because they happened to be walking at that exact moment in the shore, in the shore end of not Dr. Street, a name the post office did not recognize. Now that's just one sentence, but she has packed so much into that sentence you could actually write a whole a short story with that one sentence because mm-hmm. there's so much in it. And that is what texture is. It's adding layers to your sentences and, of course, layers to your story. Okay. I think I have got it. And you think I, you, you got I, a sense? That's a good example. <laughs> I, may, I may try that and send it to you and you can mark my, my attempts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Of I'm course, on... the, the, the other thing, too, is you add literary devices. Yeah. And even though I was a writer and I'd written before, I didn't really know a lot of literary devices. And that's one of the things I learned tons of literary devices that writers use in their prose. Very good. Yeah. You you did talk a lot about comparing the different genres of uh, writing and it was amazing uh, hearing of all the different books, anywhere from the Bible to, yes. uh, you know, something like Ta- Toni Morrison, the Kalata Canadian Lit. It was quite fascinating what you, your bookshelves are full. Yes, very. <laughs> I'm giving away some. <laughs> okay. Uh most of the courses you took obviously were English courses, um, but uh, some of them you you share uh, some of these. What were your favorites? Uh, what's your favorite author? Favorite genre of uh, for writing? Okay, it's interesting you should ask me that question because the professor for my final course, which was creative writing, she asked the students that same question: Who is your favorite author? Well. I read several genres, therefore I can't say I have one favorite author. 
So I'll give you three. Okay. Maya Angelou is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Michael Andaji mm -hmm. is another. And John Grisham mm -hmm. is the third. Though You see, those three authors write in totally different genres. They write different kinds of stories. But I love them. Mm -hmm. Okay. As well as the as well as the literary courses, you also had to take other courses as part of a university degree. Uh, do you um, you know you would you describe your courses? And one new course you described in detail was understanding food. Now, this is a course that really interests me. I think I'd love to take this course. Yes. Can you um, just? One thing I was wondering after reading your description is, did it have you change your eating habits, the food that you purchased? Okay. So first of all, I'm glad you picked up on this particular situation, March. You know, the target audience for my book, College Life of a Retired Senior, is, is people 50 and over. In today's world, we are plagued with so many diseases and issues with the food we eat. And I thought it was important to share the knowledge of some of the things I learned in this particular course. And I even hope some of the readers would take that course. And I see you're interested yourself. Yes. The yeah. course is really chock full of excellent information. And yes, you ask if it changed my eating habits, it did. It also made me more aware of what I eat and how the food is prepared. It's not just the eating of the food, but the preparation of the food. Right. Okay. Well, it was one of the many interesting courses that you took. Uh, yes. So, yeah. It's, uh, you were not bored in those seven years. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. So you also write about your the mundane experiences of actually getting to university. Uh, even before your first class, you decided that taking the bus was the better way. I actually think you enjoyed your bus ride. Can you talk about getting to class? Sure. Oh, brother, I used to drive everywhere. I had not taken public transportation for over 40 years. But when I saw the price of parking at the university... Mm -hmm. And I looked at the distance I had to walk from the parking lots to enter the buildings. And knowing our winters can be so harsh, I decided that traveling to class by bus was the best option. Uh, the fact that the YRT bus from Newmarket passes near my home and went straight onto the campus was an added bonus. I printed the schedule so I knew when the bus would arrive at my stop. And I walked to the bus stop. It took me about seven minutes. And the, the ride took about 45 minutes and I was on campus. I needed to take only one bus, so that was another plus. And the buses were never full, so I always had a seat. And sitting in the bus for those 45 minutes, I utilized my time to reread my assignments. I had done for the for the day or the texts that we were going to discuss in class. And of course, I even got a 50% fare reduction because I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> so I say 
I say kudos to York, York Region Transit because uh, it, it it really worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was the better way for sure. So for yeah, sure. I know that's a TT Toronto Transit phrase, but I think it applies to the York Region one as well. So yeah, I think it's good that you are telling people we should ride the bus, take public transit. It's good for lots of reasons as well as. Um, make it easier for you to get to campus and less yes. money. So, yeah. Yes, especially now that we we think of our carbon footprint. Yes, it's a, it's a good idea if you can. Yeah, you know. yeah. That's, it's not always easy. And you had no. it relatively easy for getting there. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, at a few places in the book, you write about how older adults, including you, do not have as sharp as mind as you once did. You said that was one of the reasons what got you to take start taking the courses. Um, but I liked how you regarded this as a challenge and not a, a defeat, a sentence of dementia. Do you believe you've increased your mental acuity? Yes, without a doubt, my memory improved. In one of the chapters, I write about having lunch with one of my girlfriends who had always had a better memory than I. This was after attending the university for two years. As we chatted, she realized to her amazement that my recollection had become better than hers. Mm. Without a doubt, just practicing those, you know, yeah. exercising those brain cells really yeah. helped. Well, that's a very good testament. So um, yeah, th thank you for that. That's very hopeful. Yes. <laughs> now your ability to walk around campus actually walk anywhere was halted thanks to a sarcoma on your thigh you needed radiation and surgery and months of rehab I didn't feel good reading that part but uh, <laughs> I do take your account of this very unfortunate health incident was that your studies were a really good distraction would you agree and can you talk about this last leg of your journey and how are you doing now? Okay, Mart. I thoroughly agree with your take. I dug into my studies during the radiation treatment. I bought my first laptop because I normally use a desktop. So I bought the laptop so I could continue my studies because I lived with a friend downtown during the treatment. The treatment was at the Princess Margaret Hospital. And, you know, living here in Richmond Hill would have been quite a an issue to travel five days a week to go down there. Um, while I was hospitalized for two months, I tried not to focus on my illness and incapacity. And I continued my studies while I was in the hospital. The nurses actually nicknamed me the student patient. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The last leg of the journey was not easy. Returning home after hospitalization, I realized that my life had changed forever. I can walk only short distances, and I have to use either a walker or a cane. I no longer drive. I actually sold my car in December. But I must tell you, I'm still as happy as a pig in mud. <laughs> College Life of the Retired Senior was released recently. And now I spend a part of my day working on promoting it. Thanks again for having me on this pod podcast because it's a form of promotion. Yeah. 
you ask about my how am I doing? I'm doing fine in spirit and in mind. Very good. Thank you for that. So uh, I um I'm wondering if you have any advice for someone who is contemplating going off to university as an older adult. I don't like the word senior. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, Marge. <laughs> I'm an older adult. I think if I use the word old person, it would be worse. Anyhow. (laughs) Oh, okay. Older. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe older would be a little better. I do encourage the listeners to read the book. But my advice, if you are planning to attend university, is this. Keep a positive mind. Keep an open mind. And stay focused on your goal. Don't think about your age. Things are not the way they used to be when you were in college. Just go with the flow. That's the advice I would give. Okay, thank you. So, yes, I'm going to say read your book. It's uh, even if you're not, I'm not going back to university. You can definitively say that, but your book has, uh, it's enjoyable and some great life lessons as well. So, uh, I will add to your podcast notes your website, uh, lists all your books, gives a little bit of bio, uh, and uh, your book is available at Indigo, Amazon, Kobo, or Apple Books, if that's how you prefer to read things. I like my hardcover books, but yes, it is so available. <laughs> yes. But uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add, Yvonne? The book could inspire and motivate the readers to pursue studies, that's for sure. As a matter of fact, I I had an an author, her name is Marcia Trahan. She read the book from cover to cover. And this is what she, she wrote as a little blurb. She says, Blackwood's story of returning to college as a senior citizen is so vivid and inspiring, you might find yourself compelled to start looking at course listings, no matter your age. An amazing tale of determination and resilience told with humor and grace. I think that says it all. I do too. That the perfect. Uh, thank you for reading that. I thank the person who sent that off to you. So yes. Now I do like to end the podcasts with the question, same question for everyone. Name one thing you really like about this community. Ah, Marge, I love the fact that a bit of the Oak Ridge's moraine runs through Richmond Hill. As a result of this, I've become quite a backyard fauna watcher. I watch the birds and everything that runs past my backyard. Mm -hmm. I would say that Mother Nature is a wonderful thing. And we have it right here in Richmond Hill. We do. Yes. Thank you. That's a uh, well said. So, um, Yvonne, again, thank you for doing this podcast. And uh, I uh, I do hope that uh, lots of people read your book. And I hope we get to meet you somewhere around town uh, in the near future. Well, thank you so much for having me, Marge. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.